one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Another edition of the show here from South Florida, Poker Action Line, we call it. And uh, we've been around now for nine years. Uh, we hit that last mark week, last week, huh? Last week was the ninth anniversary of the show. We started off in, uh, I guess, what would we, what would we call that, uh, Coral Springs or something? Where was uh, that station? Pompano. Pompano, Pompano Beach uh, at the 6.40 a.m. We used to drive in there on Sunday mornings. And wasn't it like nine to ten thirty or something like that? I think it was yeah, because I know I had to get up early on a on a Sunday morning. There was no <laughs> no traffic, but a man, it was like I a, could barely like an stay hour away. drive for I you. I used to listen to. Um, it was so funny. What was the guy Bill? Whatever he used to be. A, oh a yeah, Bill Zimfer. Bill Zimfer was doing an hour show, which I would catch just about all of it from um, coming from Pennsylvania, where he lives. And uh, talk about the Dolphins. Yeah, and that show would come on. I believe it was at seven thirty, eight o'clock. So. I'd be able to hear most of it by the time we got there, remember? It was an hour show back then on Sundays, to, and then thought, we went to an hour and a half on I Monday thought, night. I thought I listened to the golf show. I must have been listening to another channel. I, all I know is I was listening always to, um, to to that show when I was getting out there. So Anyway, just to give you some background, we did a 90-minute show at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, which was not our preferred uh, choice of time slot. No, but, not at but all. But we did pay for the time on the station. And then they switched us and found a spot for us at night. I think it was like a Monday night or a Tuesday it was, night. No, I'll tell you right now, it was a Monday night. And we followed 11, Yankees baseball. 11.30 to 1 o'clock in the morning. It was 11.30 to 1, unless there was Yankees baseball. And then we followed the game after the postgame show. Right. And we were always trying to figure out how long uh, John Sterling would talk and, and uh, when we would finally come on the air. I, I remember one time, I, I believe it was the Yankees were playing... The West Coast games were the worst because, you know, they wouldn't be oh, over. Yeah, one but, game but at least like 3.30 could, in the morning, right? Well, what happened was that was the Tampa Bay. Uh, they were playing actually Tampa Bay, oh, but the wow. lights went out. Oh, okay. And the game was delayed like an hour and a half. I remember I was going, and then all of a sudden they're going, the lights went out. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So we actually did not get on the air till like quarter to two. We were done. And that was an hour. It was 57 miles from my house to that <laughs> studio. I was not a happy camper but it was a nice little station, and we had a great studio, and uh, we ran through uh, about three different producers over the, over the 19 months. Exactly. Good guys that were fun. Remember the huh. names? We had Jay, Jay Johnston. Uh, we had Michael was the last one we had. And the first one, oh, Pat. Pat. Remember Pat? Pat, yes. Anyway, yes, but, people, this but, is, this but our, but our people current there, producer but. now just puts them all to shame <laughs> absolutely. anyway. So, absolutely. So that, this is a man that I will not forget. So. Absolutely. Geo <laughs> uh, does a tremendous job for us, no question about it. Anyway, we were on the, on the station for 19 months till our ownership decided, well, it's a little too expensive to pay for all the studio time, plus to pay you guys to do the show, and... And we decided to find a place that was a little bit cheaper and a little closer to home. So uh, we oh, ended up ecstatic. running into uh, Gio and Joe Costello as Joe Costello's uh, house. Uh, we have the studio in one of the back bedrooms that he put together that he does his uh, WFO, uh, WFO radio, which is a racing show, uh, hot rods and uh, 
drag racing, basically, for the most part. Some uh, NASCAR and stuff like that as well. But anyway, uh, so we do the show here, and we've been on the show here for uh, over seven years, which is pretty amazing. But uh, uh, we're hanging in there. I hope we go to get to ten and, and you, uh, you look forward laugh? to that. Somebody was asking me about that, and they go, oh, how'd you get your start today? Uh, one of the customers at my Miami Highlight. So I was telling them, as I've mentioned before on the show, that I'm very proud on my resume to be one of the original 12 dealers that dealt poker the first night it was ever legal in the state of Florida, which is at Mikasuki. At the Classic. No, at Mikasuki, Mikasuki Indians. Mikasuki, okay. Back in 92. They were the only ones until the Classic opened up in 94. And I started... Telling him all, including us, our, our tenure here of nine years. I told him last year was nine years that we've been doing radio and podcasting, you know. And I told him he asked me about, you know, private games. And I started doing this. And when I was done explaining everything to him, this man just looked at me and goes, you know, you should write a book. You know, and he's like going, oh, my God, you've been involved That's here. That's not a bad idea. There. And he's going, your stories are incredible. He goes, and, and I started thinking about it. You know, I I really have have done the 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 what is it the the gamut of 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 everything in poker from starting when it first started. The only problem dealing. is there's so much competition with poker books out there. You would have probably have a hard well, time mine would be it. a poker book to as a as a it, more it of a lifestyle. More, it, it would be more of a story of the different facets of of my poker life. Right. You know, right. and including some. Unbelievable people, some unbelievable stories that I could talk about. You know, obviously I couldn't mention names, but, you know, like I told him, there was an incident, Dave, in a private game that I dealt at that was frequented by, you know, people from um, other aspects of life to, uh, instead of the normal life. Mobsters you're talking about? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and one particular gentleman who was extremely nice man, but I knew his history, and there was one gentleman who was, I, I, I'll describe him this way without mentioning his name, but he was missing, and from birth he was missing uh, part of, you know, a hand, um, okay. you know, so he associated himself with... So two. he wasn't a dealer, he, he, was, a, he, he was a listen, player, huh? Listen, you know, I don't judge anybody <laughs> by anything, but he was he was quite an a-hole, and his two closest, two closest poker buddies were even bigger a-holes, and... He got invited to this game, was playing there for about a month, Dave, and I'm and I'm dead serious, you know. But he this one guy mentioned something very nicely. I was dealing at that I was dealing the, the game at that time and this guy just for some reason blew up on this guy. And my eyes went like this, as did about four or five other people who knew the person he was getting upset with, who did not brag, who did not boast as to who he was and what he did, and back then you'd deal an hour on, an hour off the table. We had two two dealers dealing, so when I get off the table like 10 minutes later, it, it finally hit the other guy, and, and we were at a local hotel down in, in, in uh, Sunny Isle. I won't mention the hotel, but we were playing in a back room over there that led to a balcony, a big balcony on the outside, and this guy, and I was out there having a smoke, and this guy started going and he was saying, I'm going to kill this SOB. The Rona um, Plaza? Was the, it? Huh? Was it the Rona no, Plaza? No, no, it wasn't. I'm not going to mention where it was. But he started, and two guys had to calm him down. I didn't know where to put myself. I couldn't go back inside. I still had to sit. And he's going, 
this, you know, and I can't mention the words, but he was, he goes, this is his last night on earth. He just kept saying like that. He wow. goes, I'm going to bury this son of a bitch. They're never going to find him. And they finally talked him down. And the other guy, later, I see him walk out. He goes, who the hell does this guy, th-? he didn't hear this. He's, he's now bravado. He's going, I've been taking shit since I was little because of my hand. And he goes, I'm tired of taking shit. And I kept thinking to myself, buddy, you have no idea how close you came wow. <laughs> to this being your well, last night on that's, earth. That's a good foreshadowing of uh, what I want to talk about in this first segment. Uh, later on, we're going to get to the uh, the big three uh, final tables out in Las Vegas at the Luxor. Yeah. I want to talk about that because it was really was an experiment to see how that worked. And I guess from all, most accounts, there was a few things they did wrong, but there was uh, it was a very very much a su- success. And I want to talk a little bit about the tying in of poker to esports and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll get to that in the next segment. But I want to open this segment with uh, talk a little bit about that uh, brawl at Talking Stick in Arizona. I think some of the other shows have talked about it a little bit. I haven't heard any other shows and how they treated it. But I want to kind of get some thoughts from Joe because I have a floor guy right here in, at my table. And I wanted to get your thoughts on if you've ever seen anything quite like that. And then I have one big question when we get into the story. But uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago at the uh, casino at Talking Stick. Uh, A gentleman got very upset. I guess they missed a blind at his table, and he got angry, and he was... He started making a scene, and a few people said some things to him. He was walking around. They were going to throw him out, and he was very angry. So he was shouting out, and he said, F you, all the dealers, and and uh, started screaming and yelling. Eventually, uh, and you made the point that the security was nowhere to be found. I'm I'm watching the video because I came into the studio. You told me about it. and I'm watching the video, and actually the video goes on for him, and then it stops, and it has to go to part two. Part two. You know, yeah, it takes uh, a long time to, for them to do it. And put it this way, what I don't understand is we had some people get loud, but it, they, people thought it was a fight, and these guys were just having a good time yeah. in the room on Saturday night. I happen to be in the break room when I hear over my, my, my intercom that I had on, Hey, there's a problem in the room. I go, I'm heading right out there. So I ran, well, as fast as I could run, ran there. By the time I got there, there was two police officers, three security guards, and everybody's laughing because it wasn't a fight. It, you know, being in South Florida, you know how the, the and I'm of lot of, lot of descent, I'm of Cuban man. descent. The, the volume just goes up automatically and people would drink it. But this was a fun thing, but obviously... Since the volume but escalated, the, but the point is that the security was there in a flash. Police was there in a second, and I've been involved where something is going on, and I immediately there's a security guard standing right outside our poker room. Get the police here right now. Okay. And I mean, they are there within 20 seconds, 30 seconds tops. Okay, not the case in this one. No, it was, uh, went on. Not it kinda even went on, house on. security. Really, there was nothing physical until another customer jumped the guy from behind, from behind. Uh, with his arm around his uh, neck. But, but what I'm saying is this guy was going, F you dealers, F you this place, I'm effing loosing, and this, that. Listen, once you yell F you dealers once, you know, and this guy starts screaming even without using profanity, I'm calling security. Yeah. Because the last thing you want in your room is what we saw on that thing because now all of a sudden people are going, this isn't a safe place to go. Think about it. If I'm sitting there... If I'm th- if I'm questioning how long it took right now, you got to imagine a lot of their customers were thinking the same thing. If you were the first one there, would you try to calm him down first, or would you immediately oh, just always, get him outside always, the building? Always, but obviously I can tell you right you now. You could talk to him outside. We'd get him away from your customers. That's probably the main thing, try to walk him out, right? but this guy wasn't having any of yeah. that. Now, how long before the video started 
we don't even know. Yeah, exactly. We don't know if this guy just got up and and somebody you know started you know filming him right right from the moment that he got upset. My guess is he went to the table. Whatever occurred at the table, the dealer probably said, "Listen, you missed the blind. You got to pay the blind, or you got to wait till the, till you're the big blind again." I'm just assuming this is what happened, and he told the dealer. And I'm sure they had a floor guy there that, that was talking to him, so yeah, he but, probably but, didn't get the explanation he wanted. Listen, I have stood between two very and I'm listen. I'm six feet. I used to weigh about two forty. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a small guy. Okay, I know my partner's name, Big Dave Lemon. He's bigger and taller than I am. <laughs> but you know, listen, and I was pushing these two gentlemen who were one was a good two, three inches taller than me. But I'm pushing as hard as I can, and I'm like an accordion. They're just squeezing me up here. But before I went to them, I had already warned them once, and then I told them the second time. They were just talking at the table, getting a little loud. And I said, but apparently the third time is when both of them got up, and, you know, hey, you ain't talking smack to me, I, you know, and I ain't taking S from you. So as soon as I headed towards them, I told one of the dealers, because my partner wasn't on the floor, and I told one of the supervisors and dealers, get security in here right away. And I'm in between these two guys so we don't get a fight. This was, I'm never forgetting this, this was on a Friday night, and I had 17, 18 tables running. Last thing I want is a freaking fight. So people leave the thing, and then, you know, they start talking, oh, you know, it's not safe to play over there. They allow all these, you know, idiots playing poker over there. So you want to stop it. And I had security, I had police there, and they came in. They go, what do you want to do? I go, they're both out of here for now. And as it turns out, one of them, after receiving a do not enter until told, you know, until you ask for permission, came around the side of the building, walked in. He's talking to me in Spanish. He goes, you think this is right? Do you think this is fair? And the police officer that had pulled him away was beelining, and he didn't see him. And I, and I actually said this to him. I said, buddy, if you didn't like what happened to you before, you're going to be real pissed off now. <laughs> and sure enough, he got handcuffed. And about six days later, I received a letter from the state attorney's general office because this guy was on federal probation. This is how stupid these people get. But what I'm trying the point is I've had security in that room immediately. I've had scenarios Thank God it's never gotten to what we saw in that video. Okay. Well, it wasn't the most exciting melee ever. No. Probably about eight or nine people pushing and shoving. Eventually, uh, one well, guy I, did get punched in the face. Uh, the guy who the guy who suckered the guy because he came from behind. So I don't have any sympathy for him either. Yeah. You know. You, you know. You you want you you want to act like a man then then stand up to somebody like a man. Right. Um. I was telling you as you were prefacing this this video for me right before the start of the show. I had a guy who was an you know um, an instigator. You know, he loved to get on the people, but he never. So he went by the name of New Yorker. They called him. His first name is Leon. Okay, and he, he was just you know a smug son of a gun, just to use a nice language. But uh, he was at one of the at, at Mardi Gras. And I, I got a phone call like half hour afterwards. Joe, you always said this guy. I, I told him. I said this guy one day is going to get clocked. And it took seven years for my prediction to come true, but he got into it with somebody, and the guy goes, "Listen, just shut the f up because you're driving me nuts. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna knock you out. You know, I'm gonna go and punch you in the face." And you know, this guy, being the talker that he is, not the fighter, said, "You ain't got the balls to come over here and hit me in the face." And the guy got up and just clocked him. Right. I mean, just completely clocked him. That guy got arrested. I don't know what happened to to this guy, New Yorker, as his nickname is. But he had a big ass mouth on him. Always, sh he was an angle shooter. 
Um, you know, it was so funny. he got what was coming to him. Oh yeah, probably long overdue. Okay, here's my question uh, that I took away from this thing, uh, which may be what other people don't. But I said I looked at uh, the fellow that started the problem was holding about a rack and a half of chips, supposedly one hundred and sixty dollars right. worth of chips. And, of course, when the pushing and shoving started, the chips went all over the floor. Exactly. What happens as a floor person then? Do you have to watch and see if some people are grabbing chips and trying to get away with them or what? Well, no. You're Listen, as I, if, I, if I'm flooring on that thing, I'm worried about people getting hurt. You know, again, I don't know what the casino's policy is. Security, obviously, these casinos, just like in Vegas and Atlantic City, we have a ton of cameras. So security could pick that up. More than likely, they looked like they were dollar chips that yeah. he was playing with. I so think they were. More than likely, some of them got lost because they'll roll. Believe me, if I have dropped. I have dropped a stack. I know no one bent down to do it, and I have lost two chips, knowing that they fell here. I know that no one picked them up, so you know. They just, you know, chips find a way to get lost. To be well, honest, I, w- with I, w- you. I would have, I would have expected uh, someone to be on their hands and knees scraping them up and trying to put them in their stuff. No, in their because pocket. let me tell you, if they were hundred dollar chips, then, then then you might have a point <laughs> there, or even twenty five dollar chips. Dollar chips, you know, what are you going to pick up four or five dollars worth, and then have have the embarrassment of security going? We saw you bend over because they may not catch you right then and there. They're more concerned about the yeah. safety of their of their of their people there, their staff. And the and the uh, their customers, the players at the table, but later on when when everything has calmed down, security can run that tape back and see who bent over and picked up chips, see if they handed them to somebody, and then guess what? If that's your favorite place to play poker, and they have to somebody has to come up to you and tell you, listen, we saw you pick up chips, you know, yeah. it, you got to go through that embarrassment for dollars. Some people will, but most most poker players ain't going to do that. Like I said. $100 chips may have been a little different story, but dollar chips, I don't think that's going to be a big issue. Well, we talked a few months ago about uh, you know security in the poker room. There's been a couple of robberies at different rooms where people robbed a cage or, or held somebody up when they were leaving with a pretty good stack of money. Um, you know, Something you haven't seen too much of in your career is, is, is big fights at the rooms. It's been kind of rare, right? No, the, to be honest with you, the closest I've come to it was when we used to it's do dominoes. a lot dominoes. of yapping, right? Yeah, but when it was dominoes, but the funny part, it was two old men. Okay, now I know I'm about to turn 60 this year, but I I, I don't think either you or I look like we're, we're, we're that old, okay? But these guys had to be, and we're talking a good 12, 14, 15 years ago, so I was in my mid mid 40s to early 40s, and these guys had to be in their mid-60s to, to close to 70, I hear the argument, and sure enough, when I look, I see them standing up, so when one guy grabs an, a, a glass ashtray that we used to use because smoking was allowed in the, in the, in the right. room at that time, when that guy sees that, the other guy grabs the chair by the back and has the legs up in the air, I come running in there, you should have seen me, I looked like a lot, I snatched I don't know how I did it, but I snatched the glass ashtray out of one guy, grabbed the chair by the leg, and I looked at the old security guard that was, remember where the old security used to be when you walked in through yeah. the back of the casino? Uh-huh. This guy sitting there for security, he, he himself was 60, 70 years old. He gets up, walks into the security office, so I'm thinking he's going to call the police officer. Finally, one of my supervisors comes and we separate the two guys. So 
I'm a, I'm a little pissed off as, as so, an understatement. So he calls the police and says... He didn't call anybody. He <laughs> went in there to freaking just sit down and watch TV. And I looked at him, and he goes, what went wrong? I go, what do you mean what went wrong? You saw me holding a, a chair, pushing two old men upside. Uh, he didn't he, call somebody and say, he didn't uh, call Joe, anybody. Joe's doing his Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, yeah. All I needed was the whip. <laughs> you know, All I needed was the whip with the chair. Uh, you know, so, yeah, you see some stupid things, but... Uh, I have heard, like I said, I told you earlier about the New York getting punched in the face. We have seen incidents where, I, where not in my room, but I, I've been in other rooms where it was stopped because of security, which is, again, watching this film of the walking stick, or talking stick, excuse me. Talking stick. Talking stick. I couldn't believe that nobody from security with this guy screaming at the yeah, top of was, his lungs kind of came bizarre, over there. Kind of bizarre. Anyway, uh, I'm, sh- I'm I'm kind of surprised there's not more of that this type of thing, and uh, you know that turns into something so much worse when someone pulls a gun or a knife or something. But stuff has happened outside, and we've even I, I mean I don't know I, I wish I could remember what year, but at the main event many years ago there was an incident between two guys, and one of them guys got knocked out, and he waited for the other guy. Now, whether it escalated to something serious, I don't know. But I remember reading about it in Card Player that, you know, that that the guy was waiting for him, and and I I think the other guy knew that something was gonna, might yeah. be up because of what he said. Some guys get you know that that li- they say liquid courage, or they know that there's a lot of people between them and the guy. Just like when you're in a car, and I had a comedian go, you know, you ever have somebody cut you off? Depending how far they are in front of you, it's you yell at the top of your voice, or you look out your window and you go like this. And then when you see the guy, your voice lowers down a lot lower <laughs> because some of these guys. Or, you know, liquid brave, as I like to say. Liquid courage, a good uh, lead into our next segment. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what happened this past week out in Vegas with the WPT. Uh, the new uh, final tables being played on consecutive days, three different tournaments, and uh, being tied in with esports. Why the WPT did it after the WSOP went away from the November 9? Uh, what happened, and we'll give you all of that. And Liquid Courage comes into play a little bit. Oh, there we go. Without me knowing that, there we go. Exactly. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more show when we come back. Big Dave and Joe on Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. 
Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez from South Florida, Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us once again. Hope you'll continue to tell your friends about us, listen to us on SoundCloud. And then when you get to the end of the show, there's a there's a little place where you can uh, hit on that uh, arrow with an envelope and send an email and uh, either use Twitter or Instagram and send the show, uh, a link to the show to your friends if you uh, thought it was well worth listening to. So we hope you will do that as we move along here. Uh, our thanks to our guest last week, uh, Eileen Sutton. Oh, she she sent us great. some information this week. Thank uh, you, Eileen. <laughs> yeah, she was she was a lot of fun. Uh, we've had several authors on the show that we really got attached to. Uh, Sherry Bykowski. I love uh, her book. I heard today from uh, Johnny Campus, who wants to do a show about uh, preparations for travel to Vegas and what uh, some of the ways to save money and save time and that sort of thing. But uh, Johnny won our tournament a few uh, months ago. Yeah, he did the uh, uh, was it Vegas or Bus book, right? Was that uh, that was his book? Correct. And he talked about how uh, you know certain ways that uh, if you're planning your trip out there, he said uh, he re- thought he could really help people uh, on uh, I, some tips on travel. And I remember many years ago we had Bernard Lee also kind of go over. Yeah, some and the of chainsaw. Remember the chainsaw had a whole list of things. Exactly. You know, and it's and it's interesting. It's like I tell people that have asked me, you know, and I tell them, listen. You know, you have all these experts. Eileen mentioned how she had schooling from Ed Miller and and a couple of other poker pros that have helped, Matt Matros, I believe, that helped her. You know, and I tell people who want to, you know, maybe think about pursuing this as a profession, and if you're going to get the private help, I go, you can't, you know, you can't pigeonhole yourself into one particular style. What works because of somebody's personality may not be you may not hit that comfort level that makes you work there but that doesn't mean you can't be successful at it you know all these different pros offer how to how to approach the game from their point of view and if you're able to get lucky enough that you have access to a few of these pros you can kind of pick and choose the style that you yeah. want to you know blend yourself and 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 mold yourself into to make yourself a successful uh, poker player. I remember uh, when Alan Kessler was on, you, the first tip he gave us, which I thought was a good one, and I've used it in, in my travels now, is when you go to a hotel, the first thing you do is you put the do not disturb sign on the outside of the door. That way, uh, you know, maids, other help can't come in. Of course, you want to take it off when you want your room cleaned up in the morning, no question. But if you're going to be there for several days and you have lots of, uh, computer equipment, and you keep some cash in there, and that sort of thing. You know, you don't want people rummaging around in your room. Obviously, I thought that was a great tip. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I would have thought that he would have given that tip, being that he was, you know, in a uh, um, what's the, the word I'm looking for? That he was in a stu- like in a in a zone of picking out. Because let me tell you, I, you know, I don't do it that much now because I don't get to play the way I used to, but. 
you know, when I went through long sessions and, and some of the tournaments, I'd get back to my room and sleep was real hard because I couldn't stop. You're all pumped up. Well, not only am I pumped up because of it. If it's successful session, yeah, I'm pumped up and all excited. And if it was a bad one, You're I'm pumped up for the wrong reason. And I'm yeah, and and I'm actually, you know, running scenarios, trying to get to the point. And and this was way before I started paying attention to some of the pros and some of the tips that have, have helped me go forward. But you know, I couldn't stop running hands and scenarios in my yeah. mind as to. Okay, even when they were very successful where you're saying you should just let that go, I wanted to remember what triggered me to make that call or to make that move. And preparation, I guess, for the next day because I'm thinking, oh, this is this is what I got. This is my practice session to, to get prepared for the next day. And I would not want to be interrupted for that. Now, right, if I've right. got equipment and stuff that I don't want to be bothered, then that's a whole different thought process for me and, and it kind of takes away from poker if I'm worried about what I have in the room so um, I never really had that with the computers being that I'm not a computer person my mind was always more of everything that I could store my computer was my brain and going back over every hand and how people acted to it and who did this and who did that and if I was going to see them the next day or, or at least try to remember them for the next time the next session whether it's a couple of days away that's how my mind worked for that. And we've had guests on the show that say they can't get sleep right. late at night So when they played a, a long session. Okay, well, let's move to this uh, HyperX Sports eSports Arena, which is in the Luxor out in Las Vegas. This is where they decided to have the final tables for some of the WPT action. Uh, they took the Hawaiian Gardens tournament, which was in January, mid-January. Then in late January, the Borgata played down to a final table, and then in early, late, or that was in late February, early March, and then in between LAPC, uh, anyway, I got the order all screwed up, but uh, <laughs> LAPC was the first one they played last Monday. Uh, David ODB Baker was the winner, which was a very popular win out there. Uh, but I wanted to talk about why they did it. And they were, uh, the WPT was acquired by Blackridge Corporation, and in a partnership with Allied Esports International, they decided to kind of combine the poker in the esports world. The esports world, a lot of young kids playing video games, blasting off big time. And they said that uh, they felt that the esports audience uh, has a significantly larger growth trajectory than poker. So he said, let's draw from what we've worked, has worked in poker over the last uh, couple of decades and introduce the vibrant esports community to the poker ecosystem. That was his quote. So uh, they decided to have these final tables out there. They did the, the three tournament final tables, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And they finished them up uh, to pretty good success. Uh, the exposure was, was huge. Uh, you know, having the three final tables, you got only 18 players playing, but you got all of their people and all their friends to come right. watch for the three days. And uh, they said it was great, a very exciting arena with a lot of blue neon and and uh, huge fancy setup. And there was a lot of interest out there. Uh, also, as we mentioned last week, it's more cost effective for them to do it all at one time, setting up all the TV equipment and taping these shows. And it was one day after the other, right? One was on Monday, one was on Tuesday, one was on Wednesday. So uh, th they, they played all three of those. It was cost effective for them. Uh, and they were able to promote Club WPT, which is their online uh, site. And they were able to do promotions with people. 
They they were packed to the rafters was the quote I saw that they had drew. A, I thought they would not draw that many people, but they did a great job oh. of letting the public know it was. It was they open turned to it the into an event, and they did. They turned it into an event. Uh, you know, not only were people paying for drinks and that sort of thing and watching the uh, screen to see the hands and just being there for all the excitement, uh, they also had prize giveaways and, and that sort of thing. So they really kind of catered to the audience to make it an event for people to uh, show up for this. Now, some of the things that went badly, and this, I'm getting a lot of this stuff from uh, Chad Holloway's article uh, on Poker, New- Poker News, but he said uh, the in-house viewing experience was not that great because it was basically limited to cutting between the players and the card, the board cards. So, uh, you know, they they weren't able to show the whole cards, obviously, inside right. the arena. But, uh, you know, and that makes it tough for viewing, you know. If, well, if but you're, if but you're that's a given. We, we've known that for years, yeah. you know. I, I, he couldn't have expected anything else unless the players were isolated in a dome, which something that's happened in the past, too, uh, if I remember correctly, where they weren't they... Some sort of poker tournament. I don't know if it was WPT or whatever that they had the players in an area where no one could call them or anything. People out sitting outside could see their cards, right? You know, and then whatever TV they have to wait and talk to them a half hour exactly, later. Exactly, like they couldn't get out, and exactly. So unless they were going to do something along those lines, I don't know why you would write. I mean, that's a given that you're not going to be able to see the the players' whole cards. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Gardens Tournament, the WPT Gardens Championship, was on Tuesday, and they had a fellow named Frank Stepuchin, who was the winner, uh, really had only 135000 in career earnings. Uh, you know, there's a lot of big-name players at the table, and and he ended up winning. But it was funny because they said he had his lucky item was a chicken wing on a fork, <laughs> which he held up in the air, and he was pounding Coors Lights which is our liquid courage uh, angle here. But uh, it was pretty funny because he talked about how, uh, you know, sometimes he likes to drink at the table. And he said, you know, uh, he said, sometimes when I'm a little card dead, you know, then I I start, uh, you know, losing my focus and I have to have a few beers just to keep me loose. So uh, uh, he was a very funny player that people uh, enjoyed. And he was the eventual winner, right? He was the winner uh, of that event. So that was the second one. Uh, The third one was uh, the Borgata. On Wednesday, and the winner was Vinny Lima, uh, 24-year-old, uh, and he picked up the the first prize. Oh, 1,415 entries were for that one that was played up uh, for the previous month, but they played down to that final six, and every player was guaranteed 154,000. So you show up there, you got a nice guarantee that you're going to get paid. Uh, Vinny ends up winning uh, plus, plus 728,000. Plus an all-expense paid trip out exactly, to Vegas. Exactly. And uh, so he's a guy who uh, was good friends with Scott Blumstein, that won the World Series of Poker and played basketball with him and that sort of thing. And he's come on. He doesn't have a lot of earnings either. So here, two out of the three champions were guys that were did not have a great deal of experience. So it's it's kind of like that uh, bucket list moment. You know, you think about moneymaker and and setting off now. Average people are going to see the big hubbub out in Vegas and guys that really haven't played that much poker all of a sudden getting all the attention at the eSports arena. Well, and guess what? You know, obviously the main event stands on its own no matter which way it works, whether it was November Niners, going back to whatever it is. And the WPT has always had its great success, but now that it's a new owner owning that company, this is exciting because, you know, if they're going to continue to do this at a lot of the bigger venues that they're doing it, 
you know, guess what? It's got to attract even a bigger crowd because now you know if you get to that final table, you're going to have an all-expense-paid trip. It, like I said, it becomes an event. And, you know, I wish I knew why the WSOP, we've, we've kind of discussed it amongst ourselves here, why did the WSOP change from the November 9, you know, when I thought it was a great marketing idea that 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 wasn't taken advantage of yeah, where yeah. where you could have you could have made all nine players not to say poker stars but made them into uh a personality that he, that different people around the country could have taken an interest in them because of their personal lives whatever whatever attracted them to poker and you know almost turn it into a sporting event a real sporting event where you you have a rooting interest for one of these players and I don't know why that that particular aspect of the of the November nine was never taken advantage of. Maybe now here with eSport and the WPT could take this to a whole different height that that will attract a different audience that that all of a sudden may see some excitement in the poker world that they weren't seeing before because they might have been casual poker players or just now learning the game. Uh, this this. I believe has a chance to be something very big. Well, that, that was the one thing that Chad suggested that they didn't really take advantage of some of the things even here that they can work on. You got a guy like Stepuchin, who is a uh, chicken wing eating, uh, beer guzzling <laughs> mother, who uh, is telling lots of jokes and funny things at the table that they could really take advantage of. Get him on a Jimmy Kimmel uh, is what he suggested. You know, uh, create the. Uh, you know, the understanding that poker players have personality and that it can be a lot of fun on the table. So take advantage of the guys who uh, really are outgoing and and, uh, and say a lot of funny things. Well, hopefully their marketing people will think about this and say, hey, listen, talk with Jimmy Kimmel, talk with the talk host. Uh, you know, listen, the the people from the Borgata could have either been on uh, Jimmy Fallon or uh, or Stephen Colbert show, you know, out of New York. Um yeah, make make them into quote you know uh, a star, right. a poker star. You know, hopefully, especially when you get a guy who's got a chicken wing on a fork. <laughs> I've never heard of that. But we've seen this in the main event with some of these players, uh, like Neil Bloomfield, to be an older guy. That was the guy with the jacket that everybody. John was, Hesp. John Hesp. You know, these these are characters. Right. You know, let's just, for lack of a better word, these are characters that are fun characters. And, you know, that seriousness of poker that some of these guys take, these guys went just like the opposite direction, the 180 from that. And if you put them on some of these shows, it just generates, I believe, really good publicity. Well, they do. The WSOP does a good job in those Tuesday shows when they're editing things together to kind of make stars out of people. John Hesp, they made a star out of. Mickey Kraft, the sad news is he died earlier this week. Mickey Kraft was a part of the 2017 uh, action went very deep into the tournament. Another guy who was buying drinks for the table and uh, telling a lot of funny stories. Uh, they showed a lot of him, and he really kind of made a name for himself. He actually went this past year and was on Poker After Dark. He passed away earlier this week in his sleep. He was a, he was a pretty young guy, you know, I think in his 50s. And uh, so that's some sad news. But getting back to the uh, the HyperX Sports. But you're talking about ESPN doing this and building right, it up in right. their channel. And they have a little more. But uh, like like the Chad said, get them on Jimmy Kimmel. It. Why not go mainstream? Yeah. You know, and see yeah. if you can attract. No, right. Maybe you can no, attract absolutely. people who say, 
oh wow, I had this concept about poker players, but you know these guys are funny. I mean, you know, look at the story; it's yeah, interesting. That's some good stuff. You know, you you attract a whole different audience that you never even thought you could attract just because they're interesting characters. And uh, one of the two other characters that were seen walking around uh, the Luxor that day that they didn't even bother to introduce, I guess, were was Scotty Scotty Wynn and Freddie Deeb. And two guys, and they didn't even kind of make and, a big deal out of that. And talk about the liquid courage for this gentleman. Scotty Gwynn's known for downing Coronas, isn't he, one Absolutely. after the other? Absolutely. Uh, the one cool thing I, I thought I thought was pretty neat that they did was there's these big blue lights in the arena, and uh, they're all over the place. It's, it, it's a really cool thing. And they would switch from blue to red when they had an all-in hand. Oh, that's pretty Which cool. I thought was pretty cool. It kind of really creates... Some attention to a big well, hand. Well, yeah, it you know, focuses the for crowd. The, for the it focuses the, audience, the right. crowd. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody could be eliminated here. So he mentions that they need more multiple screens and, uh, you know, maybe uh, concentrate one camera on a board and another on the players. There's only so much you can do without being able to see the whole, whole coal cards. But uh, that was one of the interesting things that I thought was pretty cool. Anyway, it was a big success. Uh, David O.D.B. Baker was the first winner. And Frank Stapuchin and then uh, Vinny Lima were the three winners out there. Uh, one of the South Florida guys, Ian O'Hara from Boca Raton, he ended up uh, first one eliminated in the uh, Borgata final table. So uh, we were hoping listen, that he would uh, make a run there, but he did not. Well, listen, if it was, for the most part, it sounds like it was a success. It's, it seems like they got to fine-tune a few things there, but hopefully they're technical poker people, they're technical people, and their marketing people can kind of all put their heads together and just try to make this an even bigger event as they go forward. The great line from Stapuchin, he says, People oftentimes think I'm a guy past middle age who's hammering beers and doesn't look like he's ever paying attention, so they assume the wrong thing. Two and a half years ago, I started playing in bigger tournaments, and instead of the 125 daily at the Aria, he said, I'll start out trying not to have cold beverages, but if I'm a card dead, which seems to happen too often, it's amazing that the poker gods want me to have lots of cold beverages. <laughs> so tell me that guy wouldn't be great tell, on a talk tell show. Me that, right. Tell me you don't want him to hear more from that gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on him in the future, Frank Stapuchin. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention before we go to break is this coincided with the WPT in Barcelona, which is normally a huge tournament that a lot of big American players travel to. Uh, the winner was uh, Vitalis Zavaratnis from uh, Latvia, the first Latvian. I'm so glad you, could, you don't have those <laughs> names. As the I first guess. ever Latvian champion um, to win a WPT main event. Uh, but he won the tournament. But, but I was struck by looking at the final table. Uh, there was a players from... Six different countries, none of them the United States. Uh, had a player from Latvia, Bulgaria, France, Germany, Sweden, and Lebanon, where that was the final table. So it just goes to show that there's so many tournaments now that, you know, sometimes people don't want to spend that extra money to travel over to a, to a great venue uh, when there's stuff going on here that they really want to take part in. Well, we've kind of been mentioning this for years. Yeah, that we're it's not been, surprised. That it's been leading up to this because of... Everybody trying to take advantage of it, and to to be honest with you, Dave, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm kind of surprised that some tournaments haven't gone, you know, under the number. Yeah, exactly. You know that that they haven't been able to draw. Uh, we've seen kind of guarantees kind of really start go going by the wayside. By yeah. go by the wayside or go way down because 
I would imagine if I was a poker room manager in one of these venues and I never used to have any competition, now all of a sudden if I'm drawing players from the East Coast, West Coast, if I'm if I'm in the Midwest, let's say, or you know, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, they they don't need to come out here. They they you know they got something in California, they got something in in Foxwoods or Atlantic City or Philadelphia, Maryland. There's so many different venues now that that are trying to do this that you have to start adjusting that. And yeah, it is great that you could go to something that without having that that expense of traveling abroad or, or across the country. But also the flip side of that is the prize pools are are going to be as big as they used to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's close this segment with one more uh, Frank Stapuchin quote. He said, you can't learn unless you play against better players. I'll admit there are players with much more knowledge and skill. I read one poker book 17 years ago. I just kind of play by the seat of my pants. <laughs> but he said, since I started playing substantial tournaments, I started learning because I was playing against a lot of good players, and I watched what they do. Word for the wise. Yeah, that's, you know, Absolutely. experience. Experience and paying attention. Okay, we'll be back to close things out when we come back. Uh, we've got a few more minutes, 15 minutes or so, and we'll talk about a couple other things around the world of poker and what's upcoming here. Still a lot of big stuff coming up here in South Florida and around the country, around the world. So we'll be back uh, with more of the show when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. And we hope you'll stick with us through the end. Thank you. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Hi, this is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD.
Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking poker as usual. And, uh, of course, the Seminole Hard Rock. You're going you're gonna to play the seniors tournament over there? I guess no, you can't I don't play have anymore. time to do <laughs> You can't play anymore. I, was, I can't use the word I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> listen, with the hours, and, and, and my body hasn't been used to being on its feet as much as I've been for the last month getting everything ready and the last, uh, you know, three weeks of, of working over there, so... Uh, my 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 legs are still trying trying to get you know how they say trying to get your sea legs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get my poker legs back. Okay. Uh, one thing I didn't mention uh, with David uh, O D B Baker winning that was a very popular win as I did mention uh, with a big uh, rail out there for that one on the first tournament on Monday he won over a million dollars in that event. Uh, Modest Symbolis was second. And I did want to mention uh, Darren Elias, who has four WPT titles to his credit on the Champions Cup. Impressive. Uh, he ended up finishing third. So he was looking for number five and did not get it. Uh, but uh, that was a good tournament out there with a lot of, you know, big names out there on the on the side, you know, wearing Team Baker shirts. Uh, guys like John Raisner and Cord Garcia, Ray Henson, Josh Arie, uh, a bunch of players. And... Uh, 72-year-old John Smith, who uh, is uh, unsung but one of the great players of poker, uh, ended up finishing in, f- in fifth place in that one. So uh, that was the that was the LAPC that f- that finished out there. Now uh, they are going to return to uh, the Luxor for three more tournaments in March, late March. For Mar- three uh, March, more final late, late tables, May, right? I'm sorry. Uh, Three final tables again? Yes, late May, uh, the 30th, the 31st, and the 1st. No, not the 1st. The 3rd of June is going to be three final tables. The first one is going to be the Seminole Hard Rock Summer Showdown. So uh, so they try to steal just a little bit of thunder from the WSOP at the beginning of their seven-week yeah. uh, yeah, journey. Take advantage. People are getting there early, and uh, let's get a little more exposure. Maybe a lot of people aren't playing on the 31st or the 30th, and we'll come and watch some of that. Of course, the South Florida people uh, always have a nice presence out there at the World Series of Poker. Um, but they will return for that. I uh, didn't quite see who the other tournaments. I think Choctaw is one of them, and then uh, South Florida uh, is the first one. Oh, here it is. Let's see. No, no, I don't have that. But the other tournament will be one that is played later in uh Oh, it's the Tournament of Champions. That's what it is. The Tournament of Champions is going to finish up and be the third one out there. So Seminole Hard Rock on the May 30th, WPT Choctaw on May 31st, and then the Baccarat Crystal WPT Tournament of Champions will close things out on June the 3rd. So that'll be a whole nice weekend, the WPT sharing a little of the spotlight with the WSOP. Yep. Look forward to that. Uh, Matt Savage um, was uh, quoted in an article on uh, Poker News and really was thrilled with the way things uh, put together. Um, certainly, he says uh, he said the 18 players that came in for the three final tables really enjoyed the experience. There's a feeling of a bigger audience, friends and family who were able to attend, and I think it makes for a better experience for the players. So um, they will continue to do this, I think, in. Uh, I think they've touched on something that's pretty cool. Yeah, and if they keep fine-tuning it, you know, like I said, it's going to be something very exciting, and I honestly believe that they can, you know, get get a little more spark now that we, not to say that poker's missing a spark, but, you know, anything new that kind of excites the, (laughs) brings back that old, you know, 
tingly feeling, and this sounds like it could be something like that. He admitted that uh, it was a unique experience, even for me, who's seen uh, a lot of things. It wasn't what I expected. He said, I was a little concerned people wouldn't like it or appreciate the fact that they had it, but everyone said how happy they were to experience this. So uh, very positive uh, things coming out of that. Excellent. Well, I wish them the best because that makes our life a lot easier as, <laughs> as poker radio people. Yeah, definitely. So they, those other tournaments are set up. Uh, beyond that, uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think it's going to be a regular part uh, of this uh, for sure. Uh, by the way, Eileen sent us a, a couple of articles, and I'd like to talk about one of them next week maybe. Uh, but one of them was... Uh, I thought was pretty cool was the point was there's one word that can lead to success in poker, and that's fold. Yeah. <laughs> that, that people just hang in there too long to see, you know, what the other guy had, you know, that you can't let your ego get the best of you when you think you're beat and to still call is, is foolishness. Well, and that's because what happens is, you know, you don't remember the nine times you were correct. You remember the one time they bluffed you out of the warm pot, and it's just human nature. And, you know, you got to learn to fold those hands. I remember the guy who made me start thinking about that was, Joe, you know, the $10 save spends the same as $10 earned. Right. And, you know, he didn't say it to be funny, but it it made me smile and it made me think, you know, he's absolutely right. So if if you're able to save 10, 10 bad $10 calls back then, you know, it's the same as winning $100 extra in a pot and then, you know, people have to think about that, and it's funny that that, that occurs. Yeah, no question. Uh, the other one she sent us was Girl's Guide to a Fish Fry, so I'll have to take a look at that. I didn't get a chance to read that one, but uh, our thanks to uh, her following up. And, and it's nice when we have these guests on, and they, they have such a good time that they want to contact us again and uh, certainly be on the show again for sure, but uh, we develop and, and create new friends in the world of poker. Yes, it is. And, you know, I remember when Sh- Sherry was on with us, it was wonderful that both times. And last week with Eileen, you know, I know when I've had such a great time with a guest that when, I, when, you're, when you finally let him go, Big Dave, the show's almost over. Yeah, you know, right, it's, for sure. It's a quick hour, and we're like, wow, I can't believe that. It, it didn't feel like it. So thank you, Eileen, because that was an excellent show last week. And uh, thank you for the articles that you sent us also for us to help us in future shows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did want to mention Seminole Hard Rock uh, just finished up their Escalator series. Uh, It was the third year for having that. Uh, We mentioned a couple of the early winners. Uh, The first week was the 150 buy-in. Charles Odin's the winner of that one. Week two, Kevin Ho took it down. Week three, Christopher Poole was the winner of the 350. And you know who finished second? Who? Steve Carp. Good for Steve. Yeah. I mean, not bad that he didn't Steve. win. I'm sure he's disappointed. Yeah. That was a big uh, discussion. Uh, Aaron Massey uh, tweeted out one day that, uh, you know, enough of these uh, tournament people congratulating you when you're leaving the final table. And, uh, you know, what a great effort and all this thing. He goes, we don't want to hear that. He goes, uh, we're, we're upset. We're not happy if we don't win. And a lot of people responded there on both sides, either criticizing or agreeing with that. Well, what they, I think what they hate is, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that you got knocked out. Well, you know, to be truthful, no one is sorry because you need everybody to be knocked out for you to be the winner. Right. On the final table. But I don't see a problem with people. Do, do you have a problem in the main event when somebody gets eliminated and the rest of the table's here congratulating them? You know, hey, you know, 
I don't know. I, I would do that to somebody with, with no malintent involved in it. Yeah, you just knocked out. I may have made another two, $300,000, but these are people that have been through the exact same thing that you've been through to get to that point. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're just showing a little bit of appreciation and, you know, and telling the person, hey, listen, we're one of the few people that can appreciate how far you've come to this point. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, but I don't know, sportsmanship? gamesmanship i don't know i i don't see a problem with it to be honest with you right uh the winner of oleg oleg uh i'm sorry um ofer peleg was the winner of the fourth one that was the 560 uh and that just finished up over the weekend uh also at the final table was uh rob mizrahi mizrahi he uh finished in sixth place uh Tristan Wade finished 13th. There was some big South Florida names uh, playing in that event. Uh, a fellow named Jeff Rodriguez. I don't know if he's any relation or not to you. No, sir, but uh, I'm going to check real quick and see if I can borrow some money from him if he is. <laughs> mention also James Salmon finishing 25th. James, I, I wrote a little piece on James in the uh, Annie Up magazine two months ago, and uh, they just ran that. And also Steve Carp finished in 33rd, so he took another 2,000, uh, 2,100 down in a 560. And a good friend of mine, uh, Irish Schwartz, uh, had a good effort finishing 29th, also winning 2100. We haven't heard Noah's uh, name being mentioned. He played also as well. He played, but I don't see his name on the list. So uh, I guess it did not turn out all that well for him. Anyway, uh, we will uh, keep an eye on what's happening over there at the Hard Rock. Drove by there today, the hotel... uh, Probably about 90% uh, of the guitar is filled in with the windows, and uh, they're coming along. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Well, they have got to, they, they want to have it ready, I think, what, for the start of uh, football season this year? I think they would like to have it ready for the, uh, the August uh, event. Exactly. Uh, so that would be real nice if that happens. And obviously they're going to They haven't promised to have it ready, but I think they're working very hard to try to get something up and ready for this year. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, also, the Isle uh, in action over there, and uh, we have their big battles at the beach tournament. Uh, event number one just got underway uh, yesterday, and let's see if I see any names that I recognize here on the early leaderboard. Uh, 17 players advanced from day 1A and B. Uh, one of the chip leaders, Scott Zackheim, is... Uh, is basically there. So we'll keep an eye on the battles at the beach. That's always one of the great uh, tournaments over at the uh, the Isle Casino. Haven't had a chance to play much myself recently. I need to get out there and uh, try a couple of things. The last one was you have a Mardi Gras. You time schedule now, right? At yeah, Dania? I do. I do, as a matter of fact. So we'll see what happens. Uh, schedule, uh, battles at the beach. Uh, event one goes through March 20th. So they'll finish that up. Uh, with day two on the 20th, which is uh, Wednesday of this week, and we'll check that out as well. So uh, good tournaments going on as usual, and uh, a lot of stuff happening in South Florida. Tell us a little bit about uh, your opening couple of weeks at uh, Casino Miami. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, It's so great seeing so many old faces that are so happy that we're back and open, and uh, you know, little by little, we're starting to get some of the people back. Obviously, stiff competition with Hialeah and Magic City always being unbelievable, you know, room. They have a great following. So, it's a smaller room, Dave. We're having fun with it. Um, 
just look forward to the future there. You know, it, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Is the start of our third week, and like I said, it, we'll we'll be having some fun. We'll be having some fun there, and um, people are enjoying it. And we're trying to get the right mix of promotions there to to bring them back. But we uh, try to have a few tournaments soon. Um, we're hoping to. We're waiting, but we're actually. Having a few little issues with the Bravo system that, uh, for some reason, is not functioning the way we thought it would. And I think our between our IT and the Bravo people, they're trying to sort that out. I'm trying to see if, um, you know, we're getting player cards out there. We've already issued about 300 and change in the short time we've been open. And I want to kind of use that towards... Um, tournament promotions that I'm that I'm thinking about and that Jose's thinking about for April or at the very le- uh, latest May and um, but I need that Bravo system to produce what we what we believe it, it's it, it's capable of I don't know if the area is smaller or not I know there's only 12 tables so there's probably a lot of room to move around and uh, that sort of thing is well there a no the room ca- got shorter also it's y- the same spot where it was okay. Dave but I don't know if you moved remember. Moved one wall in. We moved the now. If you, I don't know if you recall where the ki- the poker cage was. Yes, right? I do. So, if you're standing in front of the poker cage, the wall was about eight to ten feet to the left of you. Right. Okay. Because it encompassed a, a single now bathroom. Now it's eight to ten inches. Now, no, yeah. Now <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. You know, where my two four tables used to always be is now on the other side of the wall where they have some of uh, the high-end uh, slot machines to, uh, over there. So the room is 12 tables. and but Did they change, like, any of the color schemes or anything? Is no, there, it's the, the same the carpeting. The same one? The wall is white. It's really nice. Um, it's, it, you know, we, we had tables brought in from Treasure Island because Mr. Ruffin, Phil Ruffin, owns uh, owns. Did they say Treasure Island, Island on them? No, they did when we brought them in, but we refelted them with Casino Miami, and they're beautiful tables. Uh, spent a lot of money on beautiful, very comfortable new seats. Uh, the dealer seats are highlighted with a nice little orange stripe, oh, okay. which is really cool. How about the players? A lot of fish, a lot of maniacs. What uh, they have the old well, Miami we've maniacs. Well, had, we've had. It's funny because I used to have a. I tell people we used to have a two-five game that played more like a ten-twenty-five, and we still have that game there. It was. I remember seeing all a lot of the old players. They love coming there. We we kind of let them have a little fun. You know, the our room. You know, that's why we had that situation where I told you they were screaming so loud and people thought it was a fight, but they were just <laughs> laughing and having fun and screaming at the pot. You know, we we kind of have a, a a looser hand as far as no bad language is being used. They're having, we're letting them enjoy themselves, oh, David. That's good. Slowly but surely, we're drawing them back. Have fun uh, this week there, and uh, I have to pop down there. I'm going to get down there in a week or so. and I'm headed to for tennis uh, at the Hard Rock uh, this year. Oh, very uh, good. I definitely want to see that. The Miami F- uh, Open has moved off of Key Biscayne and up to the stadium. So uh, we'll, it's not as far a drive down there, so I'm not going to be right near Highlight, but uh, uh, I could make an effort to get down there one of these days. And I'd like to tell our listeners, especially for our local listeners here in South Florida, Wednesdays, uh, the two remaining Wednesdays in this month, uh, we are having, we're giving away $3,600 in promotions from 10 to 3 in high-hand promotions, so 
check us out and uh, you know come and join us. It's not as many tables as our competitors, so you have a much easier and, and you know chance of hitting a high hand. And um, so just look us up. We'd okay. love to see you come by, say hello to me, Joe Rodriguez. I'm I'm usually there at the very latest by mid afternoon. So sometimes I'm opening, sometimes he's the, I'm there. He's the, he's the bald guy with the slimmer there than you ever. Go. There, there you go. Just just hear this velvet voice. No, I'm telling you, I can't <laughs> stand my voice on radio. But come by and say hello. That's it. That's our show for the night, for this week. We'll uh, be back next week, and we're working on a couple of guests as well. So uh, hang in there with us. Uh, Johnny Campus is going to come back on the show, as I mentioned, in a, couple, in a few weeks. And uh, still working on some big names as well. So thanks for being with us tonight, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.